Okay, I'm David here with the Digital Dudes Podcast, and I've got dude Eddie with me. Yes, you do. Eddie Fitzgerald. Hi, guys. Yeah, and you're social strategist? Social content strategist. I yep. thought there was content. I hesitated. I get that content. It's all about I know. Content. So you basically have built out and run our organic social uh, side of things. So if clients have a need to do... Uh, organic social posting like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's what you help handle, develop the content, the workflow, all that stuff to get it done. Yep. Yeah. That's my role right now. Cool. What we're doing. And you, um, you've made it an initiative to do a lot more case studies regarding organic content. And this is one of those, uh, one of those that you want to talk about today. So it's still images versus as we'll talk about gifts, but we've decided to go with gifts in this episode. Yep. Okay. Um, so I ramble on this episode or I'm all, I'm scatterbrained. So I feel like it'd be helpful at least let the audience know why should they listen to this, uh, this episode, give them some key takeaways in case they can't make it through it. <laughs> um, yeah. So in this episode, we kind of talk about this case study that I ran, um, and found that gifts are for the most part on average performing better on Instagram than still images. Um, they're getting a little bit higher engagement rates. Um, their reach rate isn't, um, that much off from still images and they're getting reserved, um, to people multiple times, um, more often than still images are. Um, so we just ran this case study to kind of see, um, how gifts would perform on social and if they're driving people to your profile, if people are even getting fed the posts in your feed. Um, so yeah. Right, right, right. So essentially my high level summary was, or the way I'm thinking about it, what I learned from you in this, in our conversation was gifts perform better than still, uh, but it's probably not worth the squeeze to do gifts every single time uh, for every post that you do. It's hard to scale and it, um, and there's some other factors there. It doesn't help you as much with reach, uh, but overall, as you can imagine, it performs better than mm -hmm. a still image. Yeah. So we're kind of recommending sprinkling some gifts in there to um, get your engagement rate up a little bit and kind of switch up your content. So you're not sh just constantly putting out, um, still images in the same style. Terrific. So if you don't think you learned everything from this intro, <laughs> go ahead and listen to the rest of the episode. Thanks, Eddie. Okay, Eddie, I know we're talking about, um, creative on Instagram. Um, I have to bring this up first though. Uh, because I feel like social is like a click, clickbaity thing. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like often you get clickbait on social. Would you agree, or do you think clickbait is not as bad on social as it is otherwise? No, I think clickbait's like the worst on social. So yeah. Okay. Definitely. Well, this wasn't on social because I'm not on social, but it made me think of you and social. I got, I'll say, clickbaited into a uh, article that was, uh, what the hell is this title? I gave up diet coke, <clears throat> diet coke, sorry, for a month basically was, it was a thing. And they, they claim that they're like a diet Coke fanatic. How do you, I don't know what your opinions of diet Coke are. Um, I'm more of a Pepsi guy myself. I am a sugar fiend. So like that extra, you'll do the original yeah, flavors, that extra like sugar in Pepsi is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, can't say I'm a diet Coke fiend like this person. Yeah. Well, being the young hip, uh, fellow that you are, it makes sense. Pepsi got the right audience at least. Yeah. Well, anyways, I am a big, uh, diet soda drinker. I'll take all doesn't matter. <laughs> and the fact that they hit me with this article acting like they're an addicted person. And then they want to tell me about how, how they did after a month off of the sauce. And then I get into the article and they're like, 
I am so addicted. I drink almost one can a day. And I'm like, all right, this <laughs> is, I just get upset. So this is from insider.com. Do not wow. frequent that website. Cause I am now really upset, upset with them. Clickbait warning for insider.com. Yeah. It just gets me, man. I get, I get, I, I want to be able to block websites like permanently block if they do that to me. It won't, it'll, <laughs> they won't do anything to them, but I just feel like, yeah, it just gets me. Yeah. Well, sometimes you read an article or something and you're like, this has nothing to do with the title and this image is like way off. So, oh yeah. Why did I come here? Constantly. So spoiler alert on this article for those listening, it says no impact. You know why it had no impact? Cause you're not drinking very much <laughs> Diet Coke. It's like, you could take like a... <laughs> You could go in narcotics and you take like a small little bit. It's like, meh, I didn't notice anything when I got off of it. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. So what's your, like how much Diet Coke is addiction for you? Like how, how many cans a day is? Nicole better uh, not be listening to this. She would say it's terrible. I wouldn't equate it in cans. We're more talking like liters, Uh, but it really (laughs) coincides into my, like the, I'll say the the stress level. So Mm -hmm. the more stressed I am, the more often you'll see me like, Hey, this is an enjoyable thing. And it's just, cause I don't, I don't drink alcohol. So right. I don't know, maybe it's my, and you don't really yeah. do coffee either. So like, no, I don't. Yeah. So that's like your only caffeine is. Yeah. So. Uh, and tea. I drink yeah. tons of tea, uh, back to the liters of tea. It's almost gallons of tea. <laughs> drink a lot of fluids, but, uh, but yeah, the uh, diet Coke, like, well, I ha- I have way too much if I'm, if I'm traveling and then if I'm, and then if there's like a lot going on, mm-hmm. I won't, I don't buy it. So I won't buy it for home, but it's like, if we're out, like if we're, this is why if we're traveling and you know, have all this stuff going on, you're stressed. Then it's like every place we sit down to eat, I may start with like a club soda. I'm like club soda. And then I get three sips in. I'm like, it's time for a diet. Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bring it back up. But I'm okay with diet Pepsi. They originally were the first to remove aspartame from their formula. Wow. I think they brought it back though. But aspartame is what everyone's scared of. That's so why the, like, they bring it back. Doesn't make any sense. I, I think it was kind of like the whole new Coke thing, where it's like uh, people got upset about it. And I, I actually had, as I said, I didn't care which one. But then when they did that, I was like, I'll do Diet Pepsi every time I'm given a choice. Mm-hmm. It tasted the same. I didn't, I didn't know. I just yeah. like the bubbles and then, and a little bit of flavor. Because sometimes water on the like with club soda, it's like the water tastes funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry. I had to get that, that. drink corner with David and Eddie. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> so Eddie, you're talking specifically, I know it's going to seem off track again, but GIF or GIF? I say GIF, but for the purposes of the people at large, I've converted to GIF. I think, um, mm-hmm. the creator of GIFs, GIFs says that it's GIF. But I think he came out and said that like too late, like people yeah. had already gone with GIF. Um, yeah. but what do you say? What's your, I do the exact same thing. I don't want to be that guy that calls it GIF and then has to explain. It's like, I already feel like I'm obnoxious enough. I don't need another <laughs> obnoxious mm-hmm. thing, particularly with when I feel like it's more commonly, I mean, it's like a fun fact, if you will, but now it's so common of a fun fact that now you become like a real a-hole if you're, mm-hmm. uh, if you're pointing it out. And for those that still point it out, keep with it. I'm just saying it doesn't fit, it fit my style anymore. Keep me on my toes. Yeah. 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 I used to say like, spell it out G I F for like a long time. You would in I conversation. Would like, yeah. I would just like a G I F or whatever. Cause I like, actually remember this. Yeah. Like when you first started here, you would often say like you verbally spell it out when you're speaking about Cause it. Cause it like, it avoids the drama and like the being derailed with no, it's GIF. No, it's GIF. So yeah. like it's weird and takes a little longer, but then you kind of just like 
don't have to deal with I, it. I'm tempted to just call this like moving pictures <laughs> versus still pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it is. All right, so uh, give us the skinny. You uh, you wanted to know how much more effective moving pictures were than still pictures <laughs> on on uh, socials, and in particular, uh, Instagram. Yeah, the good old Instagram. So um, a little background on this. Canva recently um, released the ability to create and download GIFs. Um, and so I wanted to see how GIFs performed in the algorithm on Instagram compared to still images. Um, so what we did was for holiday posts, um, at the end of last year. So for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, um, we tested out, um, GIF and still images. And, uh, it's pretty cool on Canva. You can, uh, make things move, make things come into frame, um, dissolve, whatever. And they have some like preset ones that kind of like spin around or do whatever. Um, like you, preset illustrations or just yeah. like, or you can take any image, upload it and it will like it's kind of like a PowerPoint slide transition thing. You could do both. So um, okay. you can like add in effects. So things are like sliding in, fading out mm -hmm. or whatever. But they also do have like images or animations that um, are set to pre-move and like do cool things and transform to different Got stuff. It. And Canva is your, your editing platform of choice for images basically. Um, yep. Especially for social, they have um, templates that are sized perfectly for social. So um, we use that a lot. Um, and it's a super... It's a free tool. It's super accessible and easy to use. Um, so we found some success on Canva. Yeah. Yeah. Starts free. And then, uh, you go yeah. deep like Eddie, I think you're at the top <laughs> subscription, whatever it is. Yeah. You can, um, pay a little bit and get, um, some like extra features. Um, and then you can also like buy images or different graphics and stuff within the platform. Um, it's terrific though. Yeah. It's you, really cool. Do you know anything about the founding of that company? I don't, but one cool thing that they did recently was with the Australian fires, any proceeds that they got from people buying images or buying graphics or whatever, um, they were like donating that to, the, to help the Australian fires. So that was really cool to see. Like every time I logged on or anytime I was like making something, there was like a banner at the top that was like, buy stuff and we'll donate it. So that's cool. cool. See. Super cool. That's because it's an Australian company. Oh, I didn't know. So that. the, it's a, it's one of the few female, um, well, first of all, like, I don't like doing the female versus male, like how they were like with startups are like, this is a female CEO. Cause I think everyone can be a CEO, meaning it's not a bad thing, meaning, oh, man, I'm going to get myself in a, in a <laughs> hole here. I just feel like it, like let, um, she is under 30 or at least when she started Canva was like mid twenties and it, um, and it, uh, it got valued over a billion dollars. So she's one of those, I'll say more rare female founder billionaires and also happens to be from Australia. Um, so yeah, it's a really, really fascinating story. She's done phenomenal work, but it started originally as a yearbook company. So they, she, she and her partner, um, co-founder had a, um, had a yearbook company where they went like to each high school and tried to sell like yearbooks and they do the design services and it sucked like pu pulling yearbooks together. So they were like, well, we need to build software to help us do that. So they built Canva as like yearbook software basically. And then, uh, and then they were like, well, heck, heck, this can go a lot further than just yearbooks. Cause they were printing yearbooks in her living room. Like they had a oh giant God. press and were just like pumping these things out. And then it was like, well, this isn't super scalable. Um, at least the way they were going about it. They're like, let's instead take this great software we've done and, and run with that. And she's done a phenomenal job. Her, uh, yeah, I just love listening to interviews with, I wish I knew her name, which I'm just terrible with names. So you'll forgive me all on that. But yeah, she's done a phenomenal job 
I, I dislike that. I feel like all the press she gets is mostly related to the fact that it's a woman that's founded a billion dollar company. It's like, it's a billion dollar company. And the person leading that and founding that has done a phenomenal job. It doesn't matter. That's a woman. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That's super crazy. I didn't know that it started with yearbooks. I wish we had Canva when I was in yearbook in high school. We, it was a struggle. We were like using some really bad graphic design software. That was awful. Wow. So you were part of the yearbook team. Yeah. We had like a, it was like an elective or class. Um, and all of my friends were in it. So I was like, sure. And I just kind of sat in the back and like put pictures where they were supposed to go. It makes so much sense that you were on this like team. <laughs> uh, it does Eddie, but yeah, that I can only imagine how much that would suck. Yeah. It was awful. Mm. Well, how did the uh, gifts perform in the yearbook? <laughs> Sadly, we didn't have gifts in the yearbook, mm. but we did have this like cool app where you could like scan an image and then it would like pull up other images and stuff. So that was oh, that's cool. Um, but gifts, uh, did perform pretty well on Instagram. Um, nice bring back. Yeah. You know, got to circle it back. Um, we found that, um, there wasn't a huge difference in how it fed into the algorithm. Um, so, um, when we were looking at metrics, we really wanted to make sure that we were looking at engagement rate, reach rate and impressions versus reach, um, to kind of make sure that we're comparing these different uh, profiles by the audience that they already have. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you don't know, engagement rate is your total engagement divided by your audience. Um, some people count your audience as your followers or as your impressions, but typically when we're, um, doing engagement rate, engagement rate, we're looking at reach. Um, so is, are you saying it's not just followers though, right? Like if, if I have a follower that, sh that shares my post and someone that's not my follower sees it and likes it, that counts as engagement or that yep okay okay yeah so that's it's basically people that saw your post yeah it's your audience that saw your post um and okay. so the best way to make sure that you're getting an accurate number of the individuals that saw your post is by going through reach um mm. your followers just gives you an idea of who could have possibly seen it um, right your impressions are um the total number of times that it was served on the platform so someone could have seen it 50 times, one time, you don't really know. So to make mm -hmm. sure that you're looking specifically at each individual, um, we prefer to use reach. Cool. So, um, you have still verse GIF and then you're looking at the typical, like not just overall engagement, but you, you've broken it down to likes, comments, as you're saying, reach impressions, it looks like profile visits, average engagement rate, average reach rate and, uh, impression versus reach. So maybe let's go through the, the, the simple ones at least, or give me the highlights. Um, I am curious about average. Well, maybe I'll just ask you now. So what is average reach rate? Your average reach rate? That's a great question. Um, so, um, your reach rate is going to be your reach divided by the number of followers you have. So it's going to be the total number of people that saw your post divided by your followers, which is the potential number of people that can see the post if it's not shared. Um, Instagram's not a super shareable platform. Mm -hmm. Um, you can get some traction from the explore page or from different hashtags. Um, but typically, um, you want to let people don't followers. share you're saying, yeah, that the regram is kind of dying off. Regram. You mean like they, like hitting the share button. People don't do that. They just follow who they follow and that, and like yep. what they like. In Instagram, there's no real easy way you can share to your story, but there's no easy way within the platform, um, to share a post that's someone else's basically yeah onto your direct feed that's you crazy can definitely share it out onto your story pretty easily that is crazy i feel like that's a huge miss any thoughts why they did that um i think 
I don't really know exactly. There are different apps that you can download to like repost and regram things. Yeah. Um, and they'll have like a little um, shared by or like regram. It's like by. a power user though that's going to be doing that. Yeah. It's um and typically those posts don't always do as well as an original post. Um, but yeah, I think Instagram's a pretty for people at least. I think it's a pretty private platform. I think most people are private on Instagram. They don't yeah. want to be showing everything they're posting all the time. So. I think that could be a reason. Um, really interesting. So I was listening to another, to an interview with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Do you know who he is? I do not. Great. Uh, you should read his first book, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. But he's, um, he's. I mean, it's his goal to be the biggest agency in, in the world. Uh, he He's very, I like to say, bombastic. Like, so you kind of, most people either love him or hate him. I guess I'm not most people. I'm down the center. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's pretty real with his stuff, but he, his passion is almost too much where it just is like, it feels like back to clickbait. It almost feels like clickbait a lot of times, but he was asked like, would you rather get rid of your Instagram audience or, or LinkedIn audience? Like if one of them had to go and he said, Instagram audience is not, um, he, he that's not as valuable to him as LinkedIn. And it's, I think he has more on Instagram than he does on, on uh, LinkedIn, but his feeling was he could replace the Instagram audience with uh, whether it's TikTok or one of these other like newer platforms, as opposed to LinkedIn, he feels like that's a very specific type of audience and that would be hard for him to recreate. Um, so not a ton of my connection here is um, on LinkedIn, you do a lot of different sharing of articles and content and stuff. But as you're saying, Instagram is not, is not huge there. Instagram's like, I'm going to post about like me. Right. Mm -hmm. and yeah. And it. I think with the invention of stories, um, I think Instagram has become a little bit more shareable. Like I said, you can share posts on your stories. Um, you can reshare stories and stuff like that. Um, but I definitely agree. I think platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook are a lot more shareable than say Instagram. Yeah. I guess I don't put a ton of stories are so fleeting. I know that people use them, but they're, they're gone. So mm -hmm. it's like me, I, I feel like my value on those is lower than the everlasting content of the rest of the feed, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, you can save stories on your highlights too. So people mm -hmm. can always look back to, so that's like a good way to make sure that you're not like just throwing away content that's going to go away into Right. Well, you've done a great job with that, with, um, with Digible's like, uh, Graham. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram, Digible Inc. Yeah. Yeah. You've Shameless done great plug. with the stories, but we are starting to have so many saved. It's like, which I guess is fair. It's just a harder thing to start going through the stories because mm -hmm. you don't, you have to like swipe to the side versus you can't be like, as far as I know, like stories and then just scroll like they're a feed, right? Right. Yeah. You kind of yeah. have to like tap through. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so your it looks like here your likes are significantly higher on GIF or still like 2x. Yep, definitely. So uh, we did find that on average, um, you're like you're getting more likes on GIF posts. Um, so that was something interesting that we noted um, kind of comments. We didn't really see a huge uh, difference, I would say. Um, but definitely in terms of likes, we're getting more engagement on GIFs. I think it's a little bit new and different. I We hadn't posted any GIFs onto these profiles before. So these followers, these people seeing these posts um, just kind of saw something new and were happy to engage with it, which was interesting. And then your reach uh, looks significantly higher, not 2x, but, you know, one and change, right? Yeah, I would say um, the... The reach wasn't a huge indicator of success for me. To me, I wanted to look more at the reach rate to kind of compare it mm. to the followers. Well, let's jump the reach rate then. Um, yeah, definitely. So the reach rate, um, we didn't see any earth shattering news. Um, I think it's flat. 
if I look mm-hmm. at this, you're two points difference. Your retrade on still is 41% and on uh, GIF is like 39 and a half. So I don't know how you feel, but to me, it's like, if you're not seeing a 10% increase on one or like, or decrease on one or the other, it's like, okay, right. whatever. There's any number of things that could have happened. Definitely. And um, these retrades, I think are pretty healthy to me. Um, the average retrade is in like the 40% um, area. So they're a little low, but not too scaringly low. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little bit scared that the algorithm would kind of deprioritize gifts and we would see like no, like a very low retrade. So seeing it like kind of on par with uh, most other profiles was uh, um, encouraging. Right. And then like comments are basic or flat, let's say. So basically, I mean, uh, I'll say like when I'm looking at this green versus red, GIF wins out on Oh shoot! I should count this one, two, three, four, five, six cat, six of the metrics, and then still wins out on two of the metrics. But the two metrics that the still image wins out on is is essentially flat. It's just like a point. It's mm-hmm. it's nothing. And so really, I guess like, I mean, I'm the dummy here, obviously, but I it looks like the GIF is significantly better than still image, or would you say like not significant? Um, I wouldn't say it's like a huge significant, I wouldn't say uh, like make all uh-huh. your post gifts, but I definitely think there is some, um, interesting things that we pulled out of here. Like for example, um, gifts got a lot more profile visits, which is good to driving people to your site, getting mm-hmm. them to hit that sacred link in the bio. Um, on average, we got about 50% more profile visits for gift posts than we did stills. Um, so maybe adding some gifts into your leasing specific posts where you're trying to drive people to your website. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good way to optimize, to get people to your site. We also found that um, GIFs had about 20% higher difference of um, impressions and reach. So what that means is um, people were getting served the GIF more times than they were getting served the still image. So if somebody saw the GIF once, they were more likely to uh, see it again, which mm. was interesting to me um, to see that like the algorithm's kind of feeding that GIF back to people. We fed it. That's interesting. I, I, I don't spend enough time on... <laughs> Instagram to ever get hit twice by something. Is that fairly common? Like you start getting re refed? Um, it depends. Um, it depends how often you're on the platform and if you're engaging specifically with certain profiles a lot. Right. Like I know my really close friends, I see their posts all the time because I'm liking their posts for someone who I have. And it, after you even like a post, it will re show you that same damn post. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it just will. It won't necessarily load all the way. So mm. it'll show it to you again, but then it'll like refresh and kind of send it further down the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they definitely do resend you multiple, um, the same post multiple times. Wow. Again, like something that is, I don't feel like I would like that. I feel like that would bother me. I mean, unless I was like, if I had liked it now, it wanted to say like, Hey, there's been a lot more comments and activity since. So you want to keep up to date. So maybe that's why. Well, that's, yeah, that is part of it. So depending on, it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. It's, we don't really know that it's getting served multiple times because it's getting a lot of engagement or if Mm -hmm. it's getting a lot of engagement because it's being served multiple times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So kind of finding that balance of figuring out like what's coming first and why, which is kind of the idea behind this lovely case study. Cool. Well, what's, what's your takeaway then? Cause I'm surprised I, and I guess I just saw there's so much more engagement on the GIF than there is the still. And in particular, like, and I know it's not all about likes, but to me, if, was this for digital in particular, or was this for a client? We did this for clients. So okay. um, across, um, 22 accounts. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's a good sample size. So for those 22 accounts, like folk in my, at least from what I've seen, 
people don't often just say like, I'm going to start engaging with apartment posts. It's kind of like you're trying hard to make mm -hmm. that happen. So the fact that you're getting, you know, not quite a hundred percent more, but, um, I guess do you have overall engagement rate on here. Uh, yeah, you do. Okay. I mean, you get like significantly more engagement rate uh, on the gift than you do still. So for me, the fact that you're getting more means like, okay, this is better. So why are you saying don't make every post? Is it just like hard, too much effort to make every post a GIF? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, Canva does make it a lot easier, but I don't know if it's just one person running the account. I think that's easier. Um, also, um, if you're running multiple accounts, it might be hard to keep track. I know some scheduling tools don't allow you to schedule out um, GIF files or MP4 files, so that can make it tricky. Mm -hmm. um, but I think um, kind of the biggest reason that I wouldn't say go all the way to GIFs um, is that there wasn't a huge difference in that reach rate, so you're not necessarily um, getting a huge new audience. Um, yeah. So if that's kind of what your goal is, which mm. I think for a lot of apartments is trying to build that brand awareness, kind of mm -hmm. get more eyes on you. Um, I'm not really sure if that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. I guess my thought, I, I, I hear the angle you're saying. So it depends on your goals. Cause I feel like there's also a, the quality of the impression also matters. And if so if, if people are like, well, it's another apartment building and they scroll through, meh. but if they're like, wow, I'm blown away by this, <laughs> moving image, uh, this gift that, that this apartment posted. Now I liked it. I feel like the brand, um, stickiness is going to be, is going to be greater than, than when they're just like flying through. Uh, so I guess, uh, my argument would be, I, I hear you like on the reach, if your goal is to reach more people, new people, then that's tough. But if, if you, if for the quality, I guess, of the impression is where, is where my head was at. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's, um, a great point to bring up too. And I feel like that's why you would want to use gifts kind of more strategically. So the mm. post that you would want to get, stickier um that you'd want to have more traction and more engagement on i would put those as gifts and the ones yeah. that are maybe just like a quick update or something that you um not necessarily a throwaway post but not something that is really going to drive leads mm -hmm. to you or like get you to your goal i would kind of keep that on the still side you say throwaway post back to the gary v interview he was recommending 64 posts a day 64 posts a day. Not like uh, uh, content across all of your platforms. And his argument there is uh, a lot of people overthink what they're posting. He says they try to be super high quality all the time. And it's really to him, it's like you just got to just do it. And so he's like, that could be Twitter, that could be Instagram, that could be LinkedIn. And his thing would be like in this podcast, for example, we would pull out um, what he does is he just like takes notes of like different quotes or whatever that like if he's being interviewed, like, oh, we said this thing and that that's a shareable. And so then he'll tweet that or whatever, or, and then maybe he'll take a, a photo of like this podcast us together. And then he would put a quote and share that on LinkedIn or whatever. So he does make it for each platform, but his thing is like, let's reuse content, um, in many different ways. And that your goal should be to try to hit 64 times a day. So it's not all about like always super, super high quality content. And he said, the reason that works right now is because the culture is so clickbaity. Mm -hmm. So we should probably title this episode diet Coke or something. <laughs> right. But because everyone's so clickbaity and they just are headline readers, it's like, if you spend all this time writing a 2000 word article, his argument is like instead, or if you do do that now pull like 35 pieces of content out of that, uh, out of that one article and start spreading that on all the different platforms. Yeah, that's a definitely interesting approach. I feel like um, a lot of people have said that, like, 
feeding as much content into the algorithms, the elusive algorithms as possible mm -hmm. um, is definitely going to help you. So I think that's kind of in line with what he's saying there. Well, but it probably also depends on the platform, right? Because um, TikTok, from what I understand about its algorithm, is it's, uh, it, and even LinkedIn, but if you share something on LinkedIn now that performs really well, and then you just follow it right up with a garbage post, LinkedIn's like, well, you're not super consistent. Like sometimes you have gold and sometimes you don't. So, you know, I'll, maybe I'll try you again later if it's, but you can build upon that. Like, Hey, you shared this post and it was a thousand, this post was 10,000, next post a hundred thousand. Then they're like, well, shoot, we should definitely be spreading the reach and TikTok being the way it is where it's less about followers. Right. And it's more about like what's performing well, you probably want to do a similar thing on there where it's like, let's not throw a bunch of garbage out there. Cause the algorithm needs to start to understand like, is this something that people are going to want to want to look at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you with me. You can yeah. push back here. <laughs> no, I th I'm definitely with you on that. I think TikTok's such like an interesting platform right now, um, which just like the way it's growing and the shareability of it. So even if people aren't necessarily like following one account, like I'm on TikTok and I don't ever check my followers. I always check like the for you page or the trending page. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like a great point that you brought up that like if you're you may not be following someone, but if they have good content that's like being posted out, the algorithm's going to send it to you regardless. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else? Um, I guess you want to cover in this case study. I feel like I commandeered the episode with just like <laughs> randomness. I'm in that kind of mood today, but is there anything else we should, we should take away from this? Um, no, I think the biggest takeaway is just making sure that when you're comparing different profiles, you're comparing, um, with the audience of each profile. So, um, if you're comparing multiple profiles, you want to make sure that a profile with a hundred followers, they're not going to have the same engagement as a profile with a thousand followers. Um, so you want to make sure that you're getting that engagement rate and that reach rate to really kind of put it in a ratio that makes sense across the board. Cool. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, let's get out of here. All right, let's scram. Let's go right. get some diet Coke. Yeah, thanks Eddie. I, that would Man, that uh, <laughs> made my stomach jump. I just got excited thinking about it. Maybe on the way back to the other office. All right, man. See you later. See you.